This Tuesday, Ireland head to Sweden in a bid to keep their World Cup hopes alive. Five yards out, in towards O'Sullivan with the header! And a hat-trick! Full live and exclusive commentary on Tuesday at 5.30, only on OTB Sports Radio. OTB AM With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It's 11 minutes past 8 this morning. You're very welcome along to OTBAM. I'm delighted to say Mark Lawrenson is with us. Mark, good morning to you. You were at the, um, the Etihad yesterday. What, what, what was your performance uh, assessment of the two teams and the quality of what we were seeing? Outstanding. Um, there's no argument that they're the best two teams in the, in the world in terms of club football. If, if like me, you remember watching... Um, Madrid, Real Madrid, that is, of course, and Barcelona and El Clasico for all those years and thinking, wow, you know, how eye-watering was that watching those two teams go at each other? They're, they're very much there now, these these two teams. So, um, so I thought City were a little bit unfortunate. They could have almost put it to bed in the first half. They had lots of lots of chances and they cut Liverpool open more than I've seen any other team do that this season. And I think the reason for that was the fact that Liverpool have just cruised through all the games, and rightly so, because they're that much better than all the other teams in the league apart from City. And and City yesterday, the way they started, Liverpool were hanging on in the end. But of course, like any good side, uh, came in half-time, reorganised a little bit, and the best thing that happened to them was they scored with virtually the first attack of the second half. So... It was just an outstanding game, in all honesty. The psychology is always weird in situations like this, where Man City are playing brilliantly, and then they score, and then they stop playing for a little while, and allow Liverpool back into the game. And Liverpool are so good that they can take advantage of that. What is it about yeah. City that, like, maybe maybe we expect too much? That actually, when they're so clearly dominant for a portion of the game, we think that they should be able to do that for longer. But I guess that's the whole point when you are playing against another world class team is that they're also yeah. going to have an opportunity to take control? Well, we expect too much from both, don't we? Because they've got such outstanding players. And, you know, if you start at 100% and then suddenly drop down to 95%, it means you're not as good. And um, the timing of Liverpool's second goal, obviously, was, was, was in the terms of the game, was massive for them. I think if they'd gone another 10 or 15 minutes without scoring, then you, then Klopp would have had to gamble a little bit. So, um, the fact that he scored so early, it was like, okay, we've, we've got a point now. Let's just take it easy a little bit. Not not as in stop running or anything or working or anything like that, but just let's not go hell for leather and concede another one. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's good. And, and I, I was listening to the radio on the way home and, and one or two people ringing in saying, you know, this, that and the other about the game. But on, honestly, if, I don't know if you've ever been to a game where you, you've sat almost on the, the touchline and you suddenly realise how quick these games are. They're absolutely amazing. And then, you know, so the ball comes to you and you've not, you've not even got half a second to think. It's, it's a millisecond in, because you're under pressure and you've got to control it and pass it and move and all those kind of things. And honestly, the, the, the standard of yesterday's match was, was just, I thought, absolutely fantastic. The, the spectacle has helped as well by the fact that both managers and in particular Jurgen Klopp are just beautifully stubborn and set in the philosophy that they want to play like so many teams if they were challenging Manchester City might have sat back yesterday played a deep defensive line and I guess that's why Manchester City had so much joy in that first half is that Klopp stuck to his ways but sticking to those yeah. ways ensured that they did get that equaliser in the second half Yeah they were hanging off first half um, I was right by him and I was, I was kind of watching him as much as the game the game as well and I think I think it was almost the case he's thinking 
you know, at the very least, we don't go down to 2 0 at the very, very least, because then I think you are chasing the game and the, and the game changes completely. But he kept his philosophy. And in fairness to Liverpool, you know, they hung on in those moments. And if you look at all their recent games, it's been relatively easy. And I say relatively easy in terms of most winning those games. And yesterday was just like, it was like a whirlwind for the first 45 minutes playing against them. And, and you know, they, they looked ordinary defensively, which obviously they very rarely do. Um, they had lots of chances. I mean, Sterling's chance so early on as well. I mean, that could have, well, you know, if, if that goes 1-0 then, straight away early, then then you are climbing the mountain. But look, Liverpool stuck at it, but it was just, it was just a game to, to kind of, once you kind of took it all in and, you know, I was thinking on the drive home, it's just like, what a fabulous advert for, for the Premier League. And as I said before, El Clasico, it, it was up there with El Clasico's for me. The high line that Liverpool have been playing all season is one mm-hmm. of the reasons that it, it uh, they've been so successful at winning the ball back quickly and, and smashing teams. And so we know that it's uh, very important. We, we've definitely spoken on the show before about when you get to this level where the opposition have... A De Bruyne who's playing through balls that it's yeah. it's a, it's on a knife edge and the knife edge failed a little bit you would say perhaps for was it the yeah. second, second goal or the first goal and then yeah. just just bailed him out by the the width of like a, a deltoid uh, that that kept it at two all yesterday so it makes it it makes you feel alive as a Liverpool fan I guess yeah listen look that's the, that's the way they play and. You know they 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 gamble a little bit with with the high line, <coughs> excuse me, and against somebody with with the vision and range of passing of De Bruyne, and that's always going to be a problem because he sees things other people don't see. But that's a, that's the way that it is. I mean, if you, if you look at the two fullbacks for Liverpool in in the first half, Trenton and, and Robertson, you know, they had a bit of a torrid time at times. But but City have got world class players, and 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 that's what happens. I think the, just the fact that you. What will please Klopp is that you stay in the game by hook or by crook. You stay in the game, and if the goalkeeper has to make outstanding saves, he makes outstanding outstanding saves, and that's what you're paying for. Um, so, yeah, I just, I just, I mean, you know, the, one of the best things for me the whole game, and it was when when Edison, you thought he'd like he'd miscontrolled it, and Jot is closing in on him. You're thinking, oh, and he just like. It was like he had a cigar on, didn't it? He? he went, yeah, that's the problem. Just stop it going over the line and I'll pass it to Cancelo and what's your great problem? But, I mean, that was... Uh, well, I just started laughing. I just thought, wow, I mean, how good is this? Do you think Edison gets a little bit nervous in those moments or do you think he, he genuinely is a, oh, a cigar I, out guy? 100%. His, his, his heart and his backside will be like, wow. But um, he just he made it look really, really cool. But... And, and, and once he did it, he must have thought, mm, got away with one a little bit. But look, that's the way that both teams play. They both pass it out from the back in the case you're going to make mistakes. And, and in fairness to City in the first half, they caught Liverpool um, very much in a way that Liverpool would have, have caught lots of other teams in terms of nicking the ball off them. But um, as I say, in, in the end, the 2-2 and City will feel they've, they've well, Guardiola said they've missed the beat a little bit, haven't they? They've, they've let Liverpool stay in the race. But... Uh, we shall see. Uh, can I ask you about Thiago's performance yesterday, Mark? Because obviously that ball that he plays out to the wide for the fir- out wide for the first Liverpool goal is absolutely outstanding, and he's been playing those sort of passes over the last few weeks. In particular, he's been mm. in excellent form. On the flip side, he could have been sent off if, if there was a different referee. Like, is, is that a, yeah. concer- a concern for you at all about about his game? 
No, well, not really, because normally he's got that much time and, and space in which to play. No, no, I mean, Fabinho as well. Um, the game passed Thiago by a little bit, but that was just the sheer pace of, of the whole thing. And it, it passed, I mean, even Virgil van Dijk in the first half looked a little bit all over the place, which is almost unheard of. And um, so, no, I think it's just the fact that, you know, both teams, the quality of both teams is is just absolutely outstanding. And, and there's no doubt that, you know, they've dragged loads of teams in the Premier League to be much, much better. Um, and they never really got any kind of praise for that. And, and I'm sure, you know, if you're, if you're, a, you're, you're looking at the Spanish football week in, week out and the quality, and then you're also watching the Premier League, it's it's complete role reversal where we would just kind of salivate at the way that the top teams in in La Liga were. Now it's completely the opposite, and all their all their supporters and everybody looking at our teams and thinking, "Crikey, these these are head and shoulders above anybody at the moment." Is there any possibility the cup game has any impact on the rest of the league season? That if one team no. was to win, so it's totally irrelevant and separate. Yeah, to- totally irrelevant. It's a cup game. It's you know someone's got to win it. No, it doesn't, you know, obviously you'd be disappointed because from Liverpool's point of view, because you want to try and win all four. Um, and if you win two, you're delighted. If you win three, you're ecstatic. And if you win four, well, you're just record breakers. But no, it's it's it, it's a cup match and you just, what you can do, you can just completely park it if you get beat. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the thing goes to penalties, uh, a bit like the Carabao, Carabao Cup, of course, and then anybody can win it anyway. But no, it, no, it doesn't seriously impact I mean um, been in the position a few times and it's if you win it's great but if you if you lose you almost say to yourself well it, it's it's a cup match and I think you know I think if Liverpool would rather I think Liverpool would rather win the league than the Champions League and vice versa for City um, whether that happens obviously we don't know yet uh, Pep Guardiola was in really good form in his post-match interview on TV yesterday. He's not always in good form. Uh, like he was talking uh, about the fact that you know himself and Klopp should have dinner sometime. He was excited to watch the Masters last night. It says to me that Pep was absolutely delighted with the result yesterday. Sure, they could have won the game, but I think he kind of sees now that, that they've got a bit of a hold on this title race. Yeah, listen, you know, everyone talks about Pep and, and, uh, and Klopp. The, the families have dined together um, on a couple of occasions. So it's not... There is there is rivalry, obviously, but underneath it, both of them, you know, they absolutely totally respect um, their, their opposition. So um, people have made a, a great thing about it but with Pep and, and, and Klopp. But um, underneath all that, as I said, there's, there's, there's massive respect. I mean, what, what, what a day for sport yesterday. I don't do Formula One. I don't really get it. But obviously... The, the football was sensational and, and Rory was like unbelievable as well. Um, and I mean, poor, I, I can't remember what time I got to Eddie's, obviously after the, when Sheffield had won yesterday, but it was just think, wow, well that, that was like the top class sport you'll ever see. Yeah, it wasn't a bad weekend, in fairness. Um, there was plenty of other things. And one, one last question for you. From a Liverpool yeah. fan, you might be able to guess, uh, Mark Johnson, do you think Liverpool deserve more credit for coming back twice at City? We went to win, not draw. We don't have billions to buy the league like City and Chelsea. Liverpool are a team with heart, he says. Do they deserve more credit for keeping going? Or is it actually a 50-50 after a result like that? I think they got lots of credit, you know, be- be- because they came back. And I mean, the money thing will always raise its ugly head, won't it? And, you know, the next thing is, well, we're not sponsored by a country or backed by a country, all that kind of stuff. But, look, it is what it is. City are very, very fortunate um, in terms of what 
what their owners can do for them. Liverpool on a completely different trajectory, but what Liverpool have done is better than any other football team, I think, is their recruitment has been absolutely unbelievable, that old recruitment again. So, um, yeah, and if you look at Liverpool and look at the number of players they've bought between 30 and 40 million and turned them into almost upwards of £100 million players. It, it's amazing. And I know City fans are go, hold on, you signed Alisson and you signed Van Dijk. Absolutely, totally did. But, you know, what unbelievable signings they were. But generally, generally, um, Liverpool's look at it is, is you know, they don't buy a complete player. They buy a, they buy a very, very good player for smaller amounts in terms of fees. But they make that very, very good player into a world-class player. And they've done that on, with loads and loads of players. Let's move on and talk about um, Manchester United. We, we felt that we felt that there was a chance that Everton were going to get sucked back down by virtue of the performance that they had, where they, the game was there for them to win against Burnley and they couldn't do it. Mm. And, and then, of all the teams you want to ride into town, it's the rudderless Manchester United who come to Goodison and barely tried a leg. It was like, I, I guess we, we didn't think it could get much worse for Manchester United, but we were wrong. Yeah, I mean, that that will be their worst performance of the season, bar none. Um, it just tells you the problems. And, you know, we've, we've spoken about this before. And if you if you have an interim manager, regardless of whoever it is, he's an interim manager. And players in the dressing rooms who, who don't particularly like him because probably he's not, he's, he doesn't pick them on a regular basis, they're, they're not bothered. They're like, well, he's gone in May, so you know, let's wait. Let's wait for the next one. And I think therein lies the problem: is 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 that it's it's not so much the ability of these players; it's 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 just the dressing room. It's almost like I I don't know um, if there are factions in there, but I would be very very surprised if there isn't, because it doesn't make any sense. Because you know, if, if you take these some of these guys individually, that they're the real the real real top players as we know, but in terms of collectively, um, they play like they just met in the park, these fellas, and it's just, I, I just don't get it, and you kind of like, wh- where's the leadership coming from? It doesn't seem to think, it's not coming from the manager, because um, he's very, he's obviously a really, really nice guy, but he's a really nice guy who knows that come May, he's either shifted upstairs or paid off or whatever, and it's somebody else's problem, and you know, it's going to, whoever's coming into this football club, it's going to be a massive, massive job and um, good, luck, good luck to them. But they get, they're seriously going to have to change. Change the way they think. Not so much change the way they play, but change the way they, they think. And if you just look yesterday, look, look, at, look at, forget about the ability of, of, of City and Liverpool. Look how hard they work. Look, look how, how, how hard they win. They, they run and, and fight to get the ball back. Just ev- everything about it. And everything is done literally at 100 miles an hour. And, you know, if you don't do it, you know, you, you, don't, you don't get anywhere near those teams and, and you get taken off. And there's such a long way off Manchester United. I, I'd like them to be back because I think it's great, great for the Premier League. But if it's whoever's the new guy, whoever he is who's coming in, he's got one hell of a job, by the way. Like... Ralph Raniuk, it's it's interesting to say there that he could be gone in the summer, he could go upstairs in the summer. We, we'll see what actually happens. But the point you just made there about these players not playing like a team at the moment, 
Like surely mm. that damages Ranić's reputation significantly, despite the fact that he is just papering over the cracks. He is just a stopgap in that dugout. The fact that he hasn't yeah. got this team playing as a team is surely a black mark against him. And re- regardless of what capacity he, he exists within the club after this, yeah, absolutely. And he's, he's obviously a nice guy. You, you, you sense he's a nice guy, and you listen to him that that he's a nice guy. But he's also because he knows he's not staying. He's he, well, he might go upstairs. So what? What does that mean? But it, he's he's not. And can't really rock the boat because he because he because he knows he's, he's not staying, and it's almost like oh, you've done me a favour, you, you know, you've, you've given me a job for six months, and um, whether I stay in, in whatever completely whatever guys um, we don't know, but I think that that's one of the, the problems that he obviously doesn't go into the dressing room and and fire into them, and I, and I know you know they say oh you can't shout at players anymore and you can't do this and you can't you, well you can if you can if you know as a manager, temporary or full-time, whatever you want to call it, you can if you know that they're actually, some of them, aren't pulling the weight. And not, well, majority of them aren't pulling the weight. So, and they're not playing for each other. Um, I think they're looking after themselves as well, which, of course, is not a good position to be in. And it's a, what do they call it? Root and branch, I think, as far as they're concerned with the football club. So, look, whoever comes in, Good luck, but he's going to have to start firing a few bullets as soon as he gets in there. Otherwise, they're just going to be the same Manchester United. And 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 I think the league needs a really really good Manchester United team as as well. Why why not have another one and you know chuck Arsenal and Tottenham as well into the mix and and, and make it a little bit more competitive because at the moment the top two are a million miles away from anybody. There's, we, we've spoken before uh, as well, just in the last week or two, about the transformative impact that Jurgen Klopp had on. Liverpool it was a, a, a perfect timing where the, the club yeah. decided they were going to put money in. There was the the rump of a good team there, but he came in, put shape on them, and all of the signings were done with his style of play in mind. Is something similar happening at Spurs, where they have they, they have a genuinely world class manager? The stadium is is finished, mm-hmm. crowds can come back. They have some very very excellent players, some world class players in that team. Yeah. And they've signed two players already who are straight in the team and making an impact, which suggests that like things, for whatever reason, might be a complete fluke, have a line now where they know what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. no, definitely. D- definitely. And while he said one of two strange things, Conte, over the course of, of, of being there, he's getting it right. And that, that's, all, that's all you actually want. And, you know, he, the other thing about he's, the, the couple of players that he signs... He's no, he knows them really, really well, and, and and they know him, and you know that that makes a that makes a massive difference. Once you kind of ally that with 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 your sons and your canes and those kind of people, all of a sudden they look completely different. I wouldn't, still wouldn't be convinced defensively about Tottenham, but but they are definitely getting there. And and you know Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal have just done what Arsenal do which is have a really, really good run. And we're, we're going to say, oh, they're going to walk forth. They're going to make it easily and all those kind of things. And then and then they lose games. You know, Palace away didn't turn up. Um, Arsenal, uh, sorry, Brighton at home at the weekend. Wouldn't say they didn't turn up, but they, they didn't really start with any fire. And in the end, obviously, they end up getting done. But that's, that's a little bit what Arsenal do, I think, since, well... Uh, coming towards the end of the reign of Wenger, that's the way that they were. And they've not really changed. They're great when they play well. They're really easy on the eye. But 
on occasions when they really need to fight and make it difficult for the opposition. They don't really seem to have got it. And Tottenham can sometimes be like that also. There's often quite a lot of talk, Mark, about like how to, to man-manage a, a modern football team and there seems to be this kind of prevailing sense that you know f- footballers need to be mollycoddled and looked after and you know when you're speaking publicly <coughs> about them, you can't throw them under the bus. Whereas what you're seeing right now, like I mean, Antonio Conte was brutal in his public pronouncements about this Tottenham team right after coming in. He was unbelievably honest about the situation that he found at the club, the effort of the players, the mm. hierarchy, and look at the turn of results. And, and even in a smaller case of that, Thomas Tuchel eviscerated his players last week after the Real Madrid performance. And then they go out and smash Southampton at the weekend. Like There's yeah. a lot to be said for tough love, I think, at the moment in, with regards to, to, to man management. Yeah. There's two examples there that are working. But also, you know, what I think the key is, is, is to get the real top players on your side. That, that, that's the key. And, and if you listen to both, to both managers... They, they speak about their best players all the time. So, it, you know, the, the best players can carry all the rest of them on. Um, and I think that's, that's the difference. And listen, you know, I think, I think both, both Tuchel and, and Conte are very, very good man managers, but they're also completely in charge of the whole of, whole of the football side. And, um, I think, He's been very clever, Conte. He said one or two things and you kind of think, why on earth would you say that? But then actually when you look at it and, and results start to come, you kind of think, OK, we get it. But I mean, you know, that he's, he, the way he's been with, uh, with, with Harry Kane has been very, very clever, as in, you know, just every time he talks about him, he, he, you know, he can't, he t- can't talk enough about him. You know, his fellow's brilliant. He's this, he's, you know, such a fantastic person and, you know, such a fantastic player and all those kind of things. And he leads the team. And the thing is, you know, the, the, the ones, the ones who go with him will, will stay with him. And, and the ones who are like iffy in terms of performances, etc., cetera, Conte will get rid of them eventually. A good chance they're in the Champions League next year. Everybody will want to come and play for him. He's such a, a yeah. dynamic character. Then you know, there's there's very good reasons for them to be very hopeful about it. A question on YouTube, well, last one. There is. Go on. I was just going to say there is, but you have to factor Daniel Levy into that <laughs> because um, in terms of buying players, good luck. Is, you know, because is Antonio, Daniel Levy is Antonio Daniel Conte Levy, the one player, one person in the world who might actually be able to just look him in the eye and say this is it buddy everything is here literally everything is here for you to be successful I could turn you into the new Liverpool if you want right. it and that's the challenge the only problem is the best description of Daniel Levy I've ever heard is he wouldn't give you a crumb off his plate so he's going to have to deal with it but I think the thing with Conti is I think he only signed for 18 months so I think the thing with Conti is that Daniel Levy knows that if he doesn't get what he wants within reason, he will walk away. So he's, he's got to then balance that in terms of, you know, players in and players out and all those kind of things. The last question was from somebody on YouTube saying, Ronaldo is one of the worst big club signings ever. Do you agree? And the, uh, No. You... <laughs> no, I don't. Because, you know, you, you know what you're going to get with, with Ronaldo. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know how many goals has he scored. He's scored lots of goals, hasn't he? For, for, for Manchester United, I, I just think a little bit with this with Ronaldo is I still think he's better coming from the left, you know, of, of, a, of a front three because that's that's how he made his name and that's, you know, that's how he scored all those unbelievable goals. But he, he plays through the middle and he doesn't, 
he doesn't press, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't charge people down or anything like that. And you might say that, you know, in terms of effort. But but if you if you you get him the ball in the penalty area and he's got half a chance, more often than not, he's going to score. But man, that's another thing why Manchester United are, are just a mess, and and that's also I think with, with Ranić, nice fella that he is, he doesn't want to upset anybody. And you know, I mean, De Gea obviously was quite happy to accept people after Saturday at, at Everton. And I know Ranić says, "Well, yeah, you know, I kind of agree with him." He didn't kind of take take that on and actually go, "Oh, by the way, not just that, but X, Y, Z." But he knows he's going in May, so why why is he going to upset anybody? He's, he simply isn't. He wasn't naming names for sure. Mark, good stuff. Thanks a no. million. Thank you. It's Mark Lawrence and giving us some thoughts on the spectacular weekend uh, of football and golf. It turns out. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 